Welcome to another episode of the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. My name is Aaron Bossig, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we're going to be taking a look at Kevin Stark and the Toy and Action Figure Museum in Pauls Valley, Oklahoma. There's going to be a lot of really cool stuff in this episode, and a lot of things worth talking about. If you find the need to talk about anything on this or want to join the discussion, you can either leave comments on our YouTube page, or if you find YouTube comments to be just a bit too toxic, you can go ahead and check out the comments section on our blog, www.aaronbossig.com. Now, without further delay, the Toy and Action Figure Museum and Kevin Stark. And we're live. I'm talking to Kevin Stark of the Toy and Action Figure Museum in Pauls Valley, Oklahoma. And thank you so much for having me. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. I, I, I like this place. <laughs> it's absolutely one of my favorite places in Oklahoma. And it is something that even people who are right here don't know about. But it, it's an action figure museum for the whole country. Oh, yeah. we Actually, the whole world. We've had people from all over the world here. In, from 40 different foreign countries. Uh, I now have friends in Australia and Germany and New Zealand and France, all over because of the museum. And they walk in the door and they say, we, we planned our trip around being here? Uh, sometimes, That yes. is yeah. astounding. I mean, when you see this, you understand why. Yeah, well, a lot of people don't understand what, what they're coming to see. Like, uh, an action figure museum? What's that, you know? Uh, so we get two different kinds of people. We get people that um, love action figures and know what they're going to see. And then other people who are like, what is an action figure museum? What does that look like? So we get those people too. True, so. true. But you manage to cater to both crowds because you come in here and it doesn't look clinical. It doesn't look cold. It looks like somebody just had a party here. Yeah, you know, uh, it started with my collection. Okay, and 90% of what you see in there is from my private collection. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I've been to other toy museums and things like that. And it's always about that one guy, what that one guy collected, whether it was Star Wars or whatever. And I try to bring in things that I'm not necessarily interested in at all, but I feel like the public would like to see. Mm -hmm. So there's a section on Barbie, you know. Which, if it wasn't for Barbie, we wouldn't have action figures. And then we've had things on My Little Pony and, you know, other things like that. I had a really, really happy moment when I came in when I saw that mask display. Uh -huh. Because yeah. that's something that people in my generation remember. But it probably wasn't anybody's top favorite. Right. But it hits you right in that happy spot. Right. Yeah, and, and see, that's the thing. We try to hit a lot of different areas. And I personally didn't know anything about masks. Mm -hmm. Okay. But one of the board members uh, loved it as a kid, and so he had collected some stuff, and I actually had some stuff. I just didn't know what it was. <laughs> and so we built a display about it, and uh, a lot of people have been real happy with it. Now so. You've got some G.I. Joe stuff. Yeah, and actually we have way more than what we have out. Mm -hmm. uh, the three and three-quarter Real American Hero Joes, we have got a ton of that stuff. We've got two complete USS flags. The aircraft oh, my carrier. Lord. You could practically take a nap on that thing. Yeah, that thing's like six feet long, you know, whatever. It's it's huge. And we had a big display of that stuff for a couple of years. Uh, but we trade stuff out, you know, so that if you come to see the museum again, you get to see something different, something new. So, yeah. There was a, a 
point at which somebody at Hasbro sat down and actually declared, because they have the Mask license now, that Mask was a subdivision of G.I. Joe. Oh, really? I want to have that job. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. if, if that's the, all you do that day and you get paid for it, that's uh-huh. the gig to have. Yeah. Well, you know, I've had a pretty good job in action figures, too. So, <laughs> True enough. You know, uh, designing toys has always been fun. So, you know. So, the USS Flag, how do you store that? Uh, well, it comes apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... We store it in pieces, okay. you know. Uh, we have, uh, we've just taken it all apart. There's a whole section of our attic that is devoted to just GI Joe stuff. So we have a lot of the vehicles, uh, the play sets. We've got the um, space shuttle, you know, all that stuff uh, in one section of our attic, and then we also have uh, a lot of the twelve-inch tall stuff. So, the bedroom collector di- diorama is probably uh, my favorite because every time I come in, I see something different there. Yeah, well, I'm adding to it every week, so you know. And it's funny because the museum's been open for 13 years, and to go back and look at old photos of when we first opened, and that bedroom diorama was not near as full as it is now, uh, and there are thousands of toys in there now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I. Notice today the uh, incredible Crash Dummies action figure there, which is this little pink card in the middle of the sea of unrelated cards. And mm-hmm. I was another favorite of mine when I was a kid. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got I think I was the only stuff. one I kept the entire line afloat, probably. But oh yeah, yeah. Well, we have a lot of that stuff too. Uh, we just haven't put it out yet. So we have seven thousand square feet, and we could fill a thirty thousand square foot facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have another building just full of toys. A whole building. Oh, my Lord. So you're looking at just part of our collection. So it, it's like the warehouse from the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah, it's oh. kind of like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm going through it and putting everything in order uh, so that when I do want to dis- do a display, I know immediately where to go. Uh, used to, I had it in three or four different buildings, and I just finally put everything together in one building. And now we just periodically go through and, you know, straighten everything up, clean it up, put it in tubs, mark it, and store it. So uh, we just are always doing that. So And then the building also is a good place for us to clean toys, uh, fix toys. We get some donations that are just like trash bags full of stuff. And the people think it's junk, but... Really, it's a lot of times it's the bits and pieces we need to fill out other things. So we welcome all donations. So we'll even come get it. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe if somebody wants to send some through the mail, they could do that too. Because yeah, the podcast yeah. is going to go global. Yeah, uh, if they want to send it through the mail, you know, uh, we're at one eleven South Chickasaw Street, Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, seven three zero seven five. So, you know, we, we've gotten donations, yeah, through the mail. So and The one part of the museum that never seems to change is the, the giant Batman exhibit. Batman just yeah. is the quintessential action figure, probably. Yeah, you know, Batman just has a lot of stuff, okay? And since 1966, he has had tons of collectibles, uh, tons of toys, action figures, play sets, vehicles, you name it, he's got it. So, uh, and, you know, he's one of my favorites, so. 
It's hard not to like Batman. Yeah. It really, it, how can you not like Batman? Yeah, it, it's it's like even if you don't like this kind of stuff, you, you kind of dig Batman every well, once you know, in a while. He's one of the those characters that you can change his look dramatically, and it still works. I mean, think of all of the different versions of Batman, and they all still work. Now, I don't think you can do that with Superman. No, Superman is super iconic. Mm-hmm. You know, his costume needs to be the Christopher Reeve costume. Uh, but, you know, of course now he's wearing a rubber suit and, you know, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't know, somebody who's not really into action figures might not know about the Batman curse, which is, you know... You There's get, a Batman curse? There is a Batman curse. Oh, I Okay, know. and that is that when you create a Batman toy line, uh-huh. you eventually get to the point where every single wave is a bunch of variations on Batman and then one other character. And it gets so hard to get any character that isn't Batman because, mm-hmm. like, think back to uh, the 1989 Dark Knight's line mm-hmm. where, you know, you have the grappling hook Batman and, and shadow wing Batman and mm-hmm. fireproof Batman and right. surfer Batman and forest ranger Batman. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you have a Joker, too. Uh, and and, and yeah. then you had what Sideshow, uh, not Sideshow, Bob, uh, Bob the Goon. Right. Um, I was right. thinking Simpsons for a minute. Yeah. And, uh-huh. and, and it gets so hard to get another character that isn't Batman. Well, those toys you're talking about are geared for the younger kids. Mm-hmm. And they don't want villains. They want Batman, you know. And they want all these different variations of Batman, or so toy companies think. Uh, there's always that one figure they put out that's like the basic Batman. That's the one I'm always looking for. Mm-hmm. I want the one that looks like Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, you get all those other variations. Uh, but, you know, the fact that they did that is what started Todd McFarlane on doing Viking Spawn and, you know, all these different versions of Spawn. Uh, as a joke, he did that, and then it became a thing. And now lots of people seem to do that, you know. So who knows? They may have started a trend. <laughs> they, let's hope so. <laughs> well, we always say there's... Uh, we had a display for a while that had the different versions of Batman. It had Batman in the animated series, Batman uh, from the movies, Batman from the TV series, and then the who knows what they were thinking Batman, you know. Uh, and, and so we kind of make fun of the fact that mm-hmm. there's all these different, you know, day glow Batman. <laughs> you know, you're just like, really? Would Batman ever wear that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the Legends of the Dark Knight line from the late 90s was kind of that in, in quintessential, like, because, I mean, there were some that they were action figures that you'd wanted them to make forever, and it was like their excuse to finally make that. Right. And, right. and then there was like Pirate Batman, right. where... Egyptian Batman. I was about to say and there Egyptian was a Viking Batman. Batman. There, there was, was um, uh, the Archer Batman. He looked like Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there were all kinds. Yeah. Yeah, it was a future Batman. That one was actually kind of cool. <laughs> the one where he was like fencing Batman or something, and his right. arm was permanently put in that yeah, position. Yeah, it's like you, it, you could twirl it around. Yeah, it's like, yeah. well, <laughs> that figure will never look natural in any pose but that one. Right, right. Which, you know, sculpt becomes an issue yeah. too. And yeah. That kind of gets down to another thing people don't think of is that there, there becomes a, a, a combination of art and engineering with action figures because, mm-hmm. you know, people who are into them want them to look good and function well. And you can never really get the right combination of both. Well, it's it's hard because making toys is just like making movies. All along the line, there's all these people that want to put their mark on it. 
there are all these people that have an opinion or whatever about you know what what should go into that toy mm-hmm. and so you're trying to please a lot of times executives that really have no business putting their thoughts mm-hmm. in it you know uh, they're just people at a toy company you know <laughs> they're like you know lawyers or accountants mm-hmm. you're just like really why, why are you why do you get to put your two cents worth in? yeah that you know a lot of people, like just to go back to Batman for a second, people will say Joel Schumacher ruined the fourth Batman movie, and I'm like, I think well, Kenner my, did actually. Uh, you think what? I think Kenner did. Oh yeah, well maybe yeah. Uh, personally, I think he weren't ruined the third one and fourth one. But. <laughs> I, I'll take that. I mean, I kind of like the third one for what it was, but uh, yeah, I think the fourth one was all about let's sell a lot of Happy Meals, let's sell a lot of action figures. And, yeah, well. You know, come on, Star Wars, I think, is just as guilty of Oh, that. yeah. You know. Uh, Episode think, one was, that was all action figures. Right. Well, and there's the requisite cute characters for the little kids. Uh, there's, you know, the robots. We have to do the robots. And then there's, you know, the good guys and bad guys, whatever. And lots of vehicles. And, you know, so, you know, uh, I'm all about the toys, so. You know, the more the merrier for me. <laughs> I may not collect them all, but, you know, I like to have the opportunity. So if somebody who really, really likes toys and you still buy them to this very day, Uh-oh. do you lament the loss of really good play sets? It seems like that's something we don't get as much as we used to. Yeah, I think the thing that upsets me the most is the cost. I mean, you can't go buy a decent action figure these days Hardly for less than twenty bucks, you know. That's very true. I mean, and twenty, and a lot of times twenty-one to twenty-five dollars, and you know, uh, I remember KB Toys, where they would have you know three for ten, uh, then they'd do a sale two for five, you know. I was so for ten bucks I got four action figures. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that, you know. Uh, but nowadays, I mean, it really seems to be more geared for the collector market. And they just think, oh, well, collectors will spend anything. You know, they'll pay anything for this. But it's distressing to me because it, it is. I can't get all the figures I want mm-hmm. and still kind of maintain some kind of budget, uh, you know. So. I, I can't tell you how many times I've saw something like that and I thought, that is really cool. Mm-hmm. It is not $20 cool. It right. is certainly not $50 cool if right. it comes to that. Mm-hmm. And so I think they're chasing away a lot more collectors than they might be getting that way. Yeah, I, I think so. But you know, I I was started buying action figures because comics got so expensive. Yeah. You know, comics became like three dollars a piece. Now they're four dollars a piece. And when I started buying comics, they were fifteen twenty cents. You know, I I can't see the increases really meant. You know been warranted that much mm-hmm. but for back then when i started collecting action figures for another dollar i could have an action figure you know instead of a comic book mm-hmm. and so i kind of quit collecting comics and started collecting action figures and and toys and now i'm thinking well what's the next step uh because i can't you know afford all these well i can afford all these but i don't want to <laughs> afford all these <laughs> you know it's it's just it's taking the fun out of it sometimes when you have to sit there and think, can I afford this? Yeah. You know, so. 
I mean, originally, if you were into comic books, it was because it was a cheap hobby. Yeah. It was, it, they were mm-hmm. cheap. They were dis- I would well, say you wanted to follow but... the story. You wanted mm-hmm. to follow the characters. I mean, to me, the thing that ruined comic books uh, are two things. Uh, the price and the fact all the big events, okay, in, in that, oh, well, if you want to read this storyline... You've got to buy Green Arrow number twenty-five. You got to buy Batman number six. You got to buy Superman number what? It's like I can't keep up. You know, it's like I wanted to read that story mm-hmm. when it first started, but now it's like I'm not going to buy all these different comics just to keep reading this one story. You know, so I just wait till they all come out in a graphic novel and then I buy that. That's the way to do it. <laughs> Especially, you know, in, in the days before the internet was big, if you didn't have a good comic store who could get those comics for mm-hmm. you, you were, you know, going to the, the Piggly Wiggly and, and, oh, and trying yeah. to see what they had that week. If, if mm-hmm. they ordered that comic, which they might not have. Yeah, when I was a kid, uh, comics came out on Tuesdays and Thursdays uh, in the local drugstores. And there were three or four drugstores that a buddy of mine and I ran to each one of them. And, and we had to wait sometimes for the ladies to cut the binding on them and put them out mm-hmm. you know it's like well we're not going to do that till this afternoon and whatever it's like mm-hmm. ah. <laughs> but now you know you had comic shops and now comic shops are going out so you know it's hard to keep up sometimes it really is it, you know I, I, i'm starting to think it, it used to be a convention was something you went to because it was this big event it was special and now it's like that might be the only place to get the stuff you really mm-hmm. want to get right right yeah that or amazon or mm-hmm. ebay and I'm sorry, I don't like to shop online as much as I like to go and see this stuff. You know, I may be old-fashioned, but I like to hold it in my hand and see, is this what I want? You know, is this what I'm looking for? You know, so. Comic books, you also get into the situation where the shipping becomes cost-prohibitive unless you're buying a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't want to sit down and order 50 comics at a time just so the shipping cost works out in my favor. Right, right, yeah. Well, Still, you know, you're talking a lot of money there. Mm-hmm. You certainly are. You know, so, I don't know. It's weird, you know, you comics, action figures. I would even throw video games under this bus that it starts out being something you do because the, it's semi-affordable and, mm-hmm. and the commercialism just jacks up everything out of the reach of the common person. Yeah, well, every company wants to make their bucks, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's going to come about that, you know, more companies will jump in on what they see as a fad or a trend, mm-hmm. and uh, then you see every market will, you know, drop out. It's like, oh, there are too many comics with embossed silver covers and all this crap in the 90s, you know, and uh, the bottom fell out of the comics market, and then there was the trading cards, and everybody and their dog were making trading cards, and then nobody wanted them anymore because mm-hmm. there were too many of them, you know. Um uh, you know, so maybe action figures went the same way, you know, and now it's just collectors buying them. Yeah. You know, because in the 90s there were a lot of action figures. And, you know, when I go shopping at a convention, I tend to see not only the same lines, but sometimes the same figures for those lines, no matter what vendor, where I am, Mm -hmm. they're still mint in the package because that that particular figure was just a misstep. Right, right. Well, or a lot of the, like, the 90s Star Wars stuff, I get this in the museum all the time. People saved it and kept it all in the package. And they even boxed it up or put it in tubs or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, in 20 years, I'm going to make millions of dollars off of this. 
and they'll bring them in wanting me to buy them for, you know, thousands of dollars. And I said, you know, I'll give you $2 a piece for them. You know, I'm sorry, but we sell those in the gift shop, you know. I mean, everyone and their dog has collected those things. So they're not really worth that much. You know, I mean, there are a few pieces. But I remember Slave Leia going for 100 bucks. you know, and now I can buy her for 2 or $3, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> so come on. How often does somebody come in with something that's graded that they want an extra high dollar for? Well, they don't even have to be graded. Uh, I had, after Michael Jackson died, a lady, I was telling somebody this the other day, a lady came in the museum with a Michael Jackson doll, and it didn't have even all of its accessories. And she wanted to sell it for enough money to remodel her kitchen. (laughs) I laughed. I said, I'll give you $3 for it. You know, I said, I got two or three right over there, you know. Uh, so, you know, people, when you have um, shows, TV shows like uh, Antiques Roadshow, uh, the toy collector guy mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, they make it seem like every toy and action figure is worth tons of money. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case, you know. Uh, I'll go to flea markets and stuff and you've got people selling he-man figures for $20 a piece that you know are, are broken or don't have any accessories and I'm I'm like it's not worth that what do you what do you think you're doing here you know uh it's just you know that those kind of shows make the market worse mm-hmm. you know because every mom and pop thinks they have you know a wealth of uh, toys at their disposal and they don't you know it's just junk you know so to speak. And then, you know, it, it, you also have the things like the BuzzFeeds and Yahoo of the world where they'll put out some article that gets picked up on Facebook and mm-hmm. Twitter right. that's like, you know, this toy from your youth is worth a thousand dollars. And number one, it's probably not from your youth because I guarantee you didn't have that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's some prototype that right. they made three of that and, and. Yes, the missile firing Bubba Fett, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Look. I don't collect for the monetary value, okay? I don't collect for the investment. I collect because I love it. I collect because I have fun with it, all right? I don't sell stuff to make money. I rarely ever sell stuff. But I've had people, you know, collectors come in, and they'll be saying how there's this they want or that they want. And sometimes I've got two or three or four of them, you know? And a lot of times I'll just give them one, you know? So it's like, look, it's just sitting in a box. I said, I'd rather have somebody enjoying it than it sitting in this box, you know. So uh, I'll just give it away sometimes, you know. I mean, I've sold a few things, but I don't collect to sell and make money. That's just not my style. I don't like that. Well, as you've already pointed out, I mean, the, the, the bubble in which you can actually sell something for a profit is usually very, very small. Right. And these right. things are... They're mass-produced in giant numbers. The things that are actually worth money are worth money because nobody expected them to be worth money. Exactly. Right. And, and that's what I'm saying. When people think the Star Wars stuff or Batman stuff or whatever is worth a lot of money, you've got to you know, weigh how many of these did they make and how many survived. Because once the collector market or became aware, then they started hoarding these things and saving these things and keeping them in great shape. Well, the reason a lot of toys of our youth are worth money is because 
they were still considered toys. Mm -hmm. You know, they weren't considered collectibles. And so kids busted open the package. They played with them. They, you know, threw them against the wall and all that to where very few survived uh, to be in mint condition. So if you found something great in mint condition, yeah, it was worth a lot of money. But the other side of that uh, story is you got to find somebody willing to pay it, you know. So you can say all day long, this toy's worth $1,000, but if you don't have someone buying it mm -hmm. for $1,000, it's not worth it. Aaron's the only one who's going to want that Crash Dummies action figure. Yeah. You can put whatever <laughs> price tag you want. Your, your audience is me. Ah, okay. Okay. Well, we, I've got tons of Crash Dummies. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Keep that in mind. Yeah, keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, you know, Christmas is coming up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Well, I tell you, I'm sure you want to get back to the museum. But I'm, I'm having a great time there today. I really hope a lot of people come and check it out. Uh, where can people follow the museum if they're not in Oklahoma? Keep tabs on what you're up to. Well, we have a Facebook page. Uh, and we also have a website, uh, actionfiguremuseum.com. Uh, so those are good places to check us out. Uh, we've got some events coming up this summer. Uh, in fact, later this month, we're celebrating Batman's 80th birthday. So Very you know, cool. Since I'm a big Batman fan, that, that ought to be a big deal. I think I'm going to give myself some free Batman figures. Yeah, I think you can you probably know. fit oh, that oh, into and the budget. Some to the public, too. Mm -hmm. you know, but if, be, if they come on, show, show yeah, I'll be buying some Batman. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just to celebrate his birthday, right? Oh, absolutely. No other reason. No other reason. Not that it just looks cool on your desk or anything. No, 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 no. And then, uh, you know, maybe we'll have a, a birthday cake, stuff like that for him, you know. Very cool, very cool. I'm also big on cake. Okay, now <laughs> okay, now part two of the podcast will be on cake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get to that next yeah, time. In there next time. Okay. So I'm going to go and take another look around the museum, and uh, thank you so much. I really right. appreciate you being here. Well, uh, thanks, Aaron. It was fun. Anytime. I would like to thank Kevin for taking time out of his day to speak with me and show me around the museum. This episode should be available on or very shortly after June 6, 2019. If you're getting it shortly after that period, I would really, really encourage you to go check out the Facebook and Twitter pages for the museum and find out if you can make it to that Batman event that he's going to be having. Sounds like a great time to me. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks.